Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Finney Wiley. This week it's all about COVID-19, with Pacific Island sporting teams not immune from the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. The Manuma Samoa rugby team have gone into self-isolation in Auckland after returning from their rapid rugby season opener in Perth. The squad, which is primarily made up of Samoan-based players, left New Zealand on Thursday and returned to the country on Monday a day after the competition was suspended indefinitely as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Travel restrictions introduced by the New Zealand government require the team to self-quarantine for 14 days in an effort to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Pacific Rugby Players Chief Executive Aidan Clark says his organisation is currently dealing with players involved in rugby competitions all around the world. It's unfortunate, but I guess it's uh, the world we're living in at the moment and Look, it's bigger than uh, rugby and it's bigger than sports, so um, all measures have been taken are all sensible ones. Obviously, player welfare and, and just human welfare, I guess, for anyone involved uh, comes first and, and people are taking the relevant advice from health authorities. Uh, your role, of course, is to support the players. So last season they had what they thought was a three-month contract effectively taken away from them at short notice. And what's the situation this year? Um, can these players expect to be paid? Uh, uh, have they been able to get back home safely? Because some of them come from you know different countries for these teams. Uh, how are they feeling at the moment? Yeah, um, the last few days have been extremely busy, uh, working across not just rapid rugby, but a number of rugby competitions around the world where Pacific Island players are finding themselves feeling a little bit um, stranded in some cases. Um, with the Samoans, they, haven't, they missed the uh, deadline coming through Auckland, so they're currently in um, self-isolation in Auckland um, for... Um, anything else can happen and the Fijians um, they made it back home so different circumstances contractually we've been working through with both unions and record rugby about um, resolving those um, yeah really important that the competition is going to be uh, falling short but we're making sure we come to a reasonable ground in terms of um, players who are non-professionals being able to return back to work and in the meantime still being paid um, out uh, parts of their contract. Yeah, in terms of the Manuma Samoa team, you say they're in isolation at the moment in Auckland. Uh, a lot of those players are obviously based in Samoa, so the, the mere cost of having them, you know, in a hotel or wherever they may, may be in Auckland and and keeping them occupied and fed and all that sort of stuff for, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, you know, how does that get sorted? Yeah, very tough situation. Uh, speaking with Vincent, see uh, Samoa rugby uh, yesterday. We talked about the group uh, being in isolation in, in Auckland. Um, we can't get in front of them to spend some time doing uh, education. Uh, we're just trying to make sure that they're occupied, but over and above that, also making sure their friends and family um, are assured that the players have been looked after, that they're having good communication and um, that they'll be home as soon as they can. Can those players at least interact with each other? Yes, they can. So they're uh, sort of isolated out by themselves, um, doing a bit of training, 
uh, doing some activities, just trying to keep uh, keep busy as uh, as everything unfolds. And you mentioned, obviously, Pacific Island rugby players all around the world too, obviously many in super rugby and up north. And I imagine up in the northern hemisphere, uh, a lot of those international players are even harder because they, in many cases, are even further away on the other side of the world from their families, uh, a sacrifice they have to make generally anyway for their careers. But um, in this sort of situation where they've suddenly got a lot of free time and not much to do as well, even more challenging. Yeah, it is. Um Look, different uh, competitions in the world are, are taking their own approaches. Um, it's been a really busy last 24, 48 hours, talking with players in Italy, um, in France, um, understanding what's happening around Chimage, uh and the players being um, looked after there. Um, we've got the MLR in the United States, so we're in constant contact with the players there, and a lot of them are looking to come home. And um, also in the new South American competition, um, there were sort of five Pacific uh, Island players that went through there on the back end of the Pacific Combine, um, and we're just taking measures at the moment to look to get them home before borders close and so forth. Not an easy task because also uh, flights have obviously dropped back, and um, and heading in transit through through countries that require visas and so forth for um, Pacific Island players. It's um, yeah, not easy. No. So, so so what does the next few days look like? Do you think? Well, I think we're just taking it one step at a time. Uh, we're just reassuring players that uh, we're here providing support all the time and just giving them information as best we can. Um, it's, it's no time to panic. I think everybody realises that it's um, the issues are greater than sport and we're all uh, taking measures here to try and contain um, what we're dealing with and, and just keeping occupied. Um, it's really important that guys want to play rugby. Um, they want to be out there earning a living, but uh, it is what it is at the moment. And we're just trying to make sure everybody makes sensible decisions. Is there a sort of general sort of consensus in, in the conversations you and your team have had with players in terms of whether they would like, you know, if, if playing was an option potentially in the days, weeks to come, months to come, you know, they would want to? Or do, do some of them feel uncomfortable in the current situation as to, you know, that's the last thing they want to expose themselves to? Yeah, I think it's um, just the same as the general public. Um, some players are very, very cautious and a bit worried, and others are, are rather blasé. Um, it all depends on, um, I guess, uh, your perspective. And and where I have players on emails and on messages coming through that are extremely worried, and others that are just attuned to get out there and, and um, have different opinions. So, look, we just try and provide the best information and support we can. Um, and it's just a, it's new territory, new territory for everybody, new territory for us, um, for the unions and the franchises and clubs involved. Um, they're all planning on having uh, a season very different from this, but um, it's moving every day, so we're just dealing with it the best we can. You know, we're only a few months away from test matches, realistically, and the Pacific Nations Cup, among other things, was going to be played. So uh, I guess something like that is looking you know, unlikely now as well. Here it is in, in this current format, unfortunately. Uh, we'll see how this sort of plays out. I'm having conversations with World Rugby about um, what that's going to look like. Um, obviously the movement of players is going to be critical to that. I think at this time uh, it's really an opportunity to play what's in front of us, to use a rugby term, um, and actually to try and be a little bit innovative about what we do and what we can do. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of rugby looks like over the next few months, um, if any at all. So um, we're really encouraging everybody that we can uh, to try and be as innovative as we can to, to get some footy played. And Pacific Rugby Players Chief Executive Aidan Clark. 
Papua New Guinea's hopes of qualifying for the Women's World 7 Series are in limbo after the Challenger Series in South Africa was postponed in response to COVID-19. The inaugural Women's Sevens Challenger Series was scheduled to be played in Stellenbosch next weekend, with 12 countries competing to win a core spot on the 2021 World Series. The PNG Palais assembled in Sydney last week and was scheduled to fly out for South Africa this weekend. But coach Paul Titchens says the squad will now disperse and wait until they receive further updates. The ladies did really well to, to qualify in that top spot at Oceania, just behind Fiji for the Challenger Series in South Africa. And they played particularly well uh, over the course of that weekend in a very tough group. And, and they've spent the last uh, two to three months in good preparation for the the Challenger Series in Stellenbosch and a good opportunity for them to get some some world-class game time uh, and experience within that Challenger Series tournament and simply very frustrating for, for them to find out on Friday after playing three matches against Australia that the tournament had been postponed to a later date. So uh, definitely still very much looking forward to that tournament whenever that may be, but uh, at the same time, uh, it's a very good opportunity for the ladies to, to test themselves and, and try and push up to that Tier 1 world circuit with all the other core sides. Because you've had a reasonably extensive amount of time with them in, in recent weeks. Yeah, definitely. I spent uh, about one month ago at the, end of, uh, at the end of February, I spent a week up there with a, with an, a trial situation type format and we had 28 players into camp and I named 16 out of that 28 to come into camp in Sydney. Uh, we assembled last Wednesday and played three simulation games against Australia, uh, their top side on, on Friday, and then uh, obviously planned to stay there until this Saturday uh, before heading off to Stellenbosch. But they're now heading back tomorrow because of the, the global pandemic, which is obviously disappointing for, for them. And uh, when you were playing those games against Australia on Friday, you, you weren't aware of the, because I think the release, the announcement from World Rugby came out on Friday. Um, but at that time, playing those games, you, you weren't aware of the postponement? Uh, as a management group, uh, we, we found out quite early on that Friday morning. So we were aware of it, but obviously didn't read out that to the, to the ladies as they were still very much in preparation phase. And we still wanted to get something out of those games and, and obviously um, keep their mind on the job. Uh, then we obviously broke the news to them at the end of that day, uh, which was uh, disappointing for them. But in saying that, they got some quality game time, which they don't normally get when they're up in Papua New Guinea. And from those three games, uh, what did you take out of them? Obviously, Australia, one of the top teams in, in women's sevens, uh, defending Olympic champions, uh, among other things. Um, how competitive, how far away are you from a side like that? Oh, I mean, we definitely took a lot of lootings out of it, but, but definitely looked very good in patches. But it's about doing the simple things well at that level against those top sides, uh, maintaining possession of the ball, uh, being patient with it, and defensively and, and looking after the ball in the, the contact situation. It's just another level for us, and, and we don't have a huge amount of size in our, in our side. We're very fit, and elusive, and quick. But in saying that, when you uh, don't hold on to the ball for long periods, uh, and Australia have uh, the dangerous players that they do have, it can be a long day at the office. But in saying that, it was about getting some experience at that level. And, and we did put them under pressure at times and scored a couple of good tries against them. But it's about maintaining consistency and basically being up to the, the physicality of Australia and, and looking to keep the ball at crucial times and then obviously make our, our one-on-one tackles to, to put them under pressure to retain the ball back. And so you had 16 players in Sydney. Now, what, everyone flies back home, I guess, or, or to wherever they're based, and you just kind of sit and wait? Yeah, so we had three, four, four players from Australia coming to camp from Brisbane. So they, they flew back yesterday alongside uh, 
a couple of my other management team members and then the, the, the final 12 players fly back home for PNG tomorrow. Then it's a, a training and a waiting game, I suppose. The girls all keep training from their own locations on the, the programs that I I give them and uh, and we just yeah play the waiting game and, and hope hope like anything that it can be rescheduled in the, in the next month or two. Unlike the men's who go through to the Hong Kong qualifier, for the women, was it just going to be simply whoever won that event would qualify for a core team spot? Yeah, that's correct. This was effectively our Hong Kong. They'd moved, uh, moved that to South Africa. Initially, it was meant to be played in, in China, but then they moved, removed again to South Africa, I'm, I'm guessing because of the uh, pandemic that broke out, and then obviously for safety reasons, they postponed it from Stellenbosch, so... So whoever wins that, that tournament, uh, when it is rescheduled, will we'll go through to the World Series. So that is our World Series qualifiers for now. And, and you're still in the mix for Olympic qualification too as well? Yes, so we've got Olympic rip charge uh, in June. That's uh, scheduled to be in London off the top of my head. It was going to be in Berets, but now it's been uh, moved to, London, uh, sorry, to Dublin in Ireland. So that will be uh, hopefully still going ahead and, and confirmed for, I think it's mid to late June. That's the Papua New Guinea women's sevens coach, Paul Titchens. The Papua New Guinea Hunters are set to return home after Queensland Rugby League suspended all statewide competitions as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. The Hunters opened the 2020 Entrust Super Cup season on Sunday with a comeback win over the South's Logan Magpies. The team then agreed to remain in Brisbane this week ahead of their Round 2 clash against Townsville after the Australian government introduced new travel restrictions. But Queensland Rugby League's managing director Robert Moore confirmed on Tuesday that the top four statewide competitions, including the Interest Super Cup, have now been suspended until June. Speaking after their opening win, the Hunters coach Matt Church reflected on what has been a crazy few days. Obviously we're not immune to knowing what's going on around the world and obviously there's a fair bit of concern around it, and quite rightly so. Um, so, yeah, so for us to just sort of, I guess, narrow our focus a little bit to, towards footy and um, again, it's always good to do that and, and focus on something. And um, I thought at 30 to 6, we it was interesting to see what kind of team we were, we're going to have. Um, you know, I think last year, if we look back on their results at the back end of the year, they had quite a few points put on them and quite regularly. So um, if you can... You know, the hardest part about that is trying to turn around that self-image. So it was interesting at 30 to 6 just after halftime to see how the boys were going to respond. Um, but the message at halftime was fairly simple. It was, you know, we, just, we, did, we didn't really build any pressure in, in the first half. We were completing our sets well, but we just weren't getting um, effective kicks away or getting to our kick. We were getting tackled on the last tackle and, and stuff like that. So it's hard to build pressure that way. So if we were going to get back into the game, that's the first thing we needed to do was just build some pressure. And, and the boys, you know, did that, got on a roll and, and, and thankfully didn't go away from what was working for them. You get one try back, you think, well, that's... That's good. That's something. That's the start. Then you get to you start to wonder, and and then suddenly, as you say, you get on a roll. There was were, were your sort of expectations or hopes kind of changing minute by minute. Oh, not really. I just I knew it was going to be a brick by brick kind of uh, rebuild uh, um, at thirty to six. So um, the message was fairly simple at half time. It was just that you know if, if we could build some pressure, we've got a lot of football in us. Um, so as we, you know, we got one try and two try, it was it was more about okay, 
this is what we're doing is working for us, so let's just stick with that. So stay calm, remain calm, just keep trying to build that pressure or apply that pressure um, because we knew we had points in us um, and we knew we had time, you know, had plenty of time on our hands. So, um, yeah, the boys were outstanding. I just, I'm just, i so proud of them for, for the fight that they showed and, and, and you know, a bit of, a bit of courage there and resilience to, to come back from 30 to 60 and to, to even just be in the contest, let alone win it. Yeah, and you talk about the challenges that the squad had last year and that to come back from that and, uh, I guess, have a fresh start. I mean, what do you think a result like this does for their confidence, for their belief in themselves? Oh, yeah, it, it, it's outstanding. You know, like, um, I've, sort of, you know, I've witnessed a few comebacks of the, that kind of nature, but they're usually around the under-20s and, and that kind of stuff where the momentum can swing fairly, fairly quickly. Um, when you're playing against men, you don't often see the comebacks from you know 24 points down to, to winning. It's it's very rare that you actually get to see that. So we'll take a lot of confidence out of that. We'll take you know as a coach, I took a lot of confidence out of that. They showed some fight and they showed some pride in what the, in what the hunters means to them, and it's just something that we can you know it's a good start that we can build on. <laughs> One win doesn't make a season. So um, and you know we mentioned that to the to the group after the game. So. Yes, it was, it was great, and I'm so happy and proud that the boys stuck in there and dug in there, but yeah, we, we know we've got more work ahead of us. That's the PNG Hunters head coach, Matt Church, and that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. You can hear this and more on rnzi.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.